Hey Mo, hey Mo. I never understood the humor though, the three stooges. Three stooges. I think it's really this they were great physical actors. So it's like even though what they were doing was stupid, like they were really good at it. I don't know. I mean that's <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. My name is Joe Kowalski, and I am your host today. Uh, we're going to do an interesting conversation, a deep dive into, well, Adam, what, what are we going to talk about? Talk about preparing for the winter months or the Burr. slow months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the deep dive into the next three months of hell, uh, especially for exterior cleaning, but even your interior non-regular services, uh, carpet cleaning and so forth. Man, after that tree goes up in November, you are dust until uh, March. We hope it comes in February. It doesn't. And March is even weak. April's more like when it gets strong. You guys know this every year. It's not a, it should not be a surprise to anybody who's gone there. But yet it's a surprise. Every like 15 years I've been doing, oh, surprise, December, you ain't got no money, no work coming in. So let's talk about it. Let's figure that out. But before we do that, some housekeeping. Adam, what do we have for today? Yeah, so we have a, a couple of releases. Um, mobile release will be out by the time this podcast is out. It's releasing on Mondays. Yes, Monday, target. Tuesday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks good already, but we have to post a production six push that they're working on, which is probably the next thing we're going to talk yep. about. Um, and that has to go before the mobile one can go. Gotcha. Well, I wish I would have done this in a different order then. <laughs> but yeah, there's just a couple of things um, as far as there's more optimization. optimization it should be up. done. Yeah. Right. This should be the one where the people who are logging in right now and want to throw their phone, which is actually a representation of me, through a window, that should all be cleared up. It should be as fast as technician. Let's. I'll say it that way. So um, if it's not, hit me up. Let me know. But it's going to be – it should be – well, we have 1.1.11 in production right now, right? Right. And and so in theory, it's going to be 1.1.12, um, but it might be 1.3 if there needs to be a hot fix. Right. So yeah, I know there's a caching issue, so we're going to look at blowing away a cache on the download, and then uh, hopefully everything's good. And on the download, you liked that one, didn't you? <laughs> I saw you laugh inside. I'm just hoping we're not losing anyone when, we go <laughs> when I go off on my tangents. Yeah. Okay, I'll be quiet. Uh, no. Um, the other thing to mention is yes, there's a, the release going out on the desktop app as well. Um, 6.4.2. Um, a couple of the other things outside of that, there is going to be the estimate approval. Yes. So good. Major feature, which we could actually probably we will spend one of our podcasts talking about very yeah. soon. Well, that whole process now, yeah, right? I exactly. mean, so good. You can just kind of, especially again for exterior cleaning, yep. uh, you can just drive by, do your estimate unattended, send that off via email or text, have the client approve it, uh, know that it's approved, go do the cleaning, send a link 
or text in an email or text to a payment form and then you can get paid exactly it's a crazy exactly you could do that all without shaking somebody's hand yeah and i wouldn't suggest it but ideally you you shake the hand once or twice and then the rest of it's just a regular kind of a maintenance deal exactly amazing so yeah there's we that. also are going to have the nice job of beta is rolling out and it's in a beta process because they're doing some major changes on their end. on their end as well yeah. and um so the if you are someone who wants to kind of get into that um we just have to add you and That's, what is nice job again Adam? nice job um handles review tracking and things like that to making sure that you're getting the most out of your reviews um, there's follow-up tracking and really i want to kind of save anything too in depth because we're actually going to have them on the podcast oh. here um, in about a month. There you go. So we'll talk deeply about our that. first guest on the podcast. Exactly. Not on the show, though, but on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Great. So definitely excited about that. The last thing is we're in the final weeks of our fall FMS or fill my schedule kind of campaign. Um, I know you guys talked about it last podcast yep. already. Season shifting. Yep. So if you haven't already sent out that and you want to, make sure you get those calls in. We're winding those down and we're ramping up the pre-orders for our holiday card fronts. Boom. So, you know. All different designs. Uh, Merry Christmas. We say it or we don't. And uh, looks, and we have a Hanukkah card too, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that the mark is uh, looking at that. Yep. So, uh, come check it out. There's a there's there's a good way to do that give to give, and it's very interesting when they have the carpet cleaners card on the mantle, and it's not for getting jobs. This is not going to make your phone ring. It might help make your phone ring when they clean up, though, at the end of January. Um, and certainly could be a good conversation piece if you choose one of our very nice covers. Um, there's one specific to carpet cleaners, which is kind of tune-like, which we've been doing for a decade. So it's, I, I kind of feel he's aged out. But I know that he creates conversation around the mantle over the eggnog right after a presence. So yeah. it's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what is that? Your carpet cleaner sent you a Christmas card? That's pretty cool. So just a conversation piece. Honestly, it seems cheesy, but my dentist always sends me a little card on Christmas. Yeah, but is it those little one by? No, theirs is a really nice card. It's oh, an actual card like, card, the, card yeah, the, he in an envelope. signs it and everything. Oh. And I've always felt like, because uh, for me, I mean, without getting too much information, I'm away from my family living up here. And so like you just get that one extra little card. Yeah. It, it is a conversation piece. You remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just conversed about it here. Yeah. That's right. There you go. Shout out to Adam's dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, Outside of that, we can dive kind of right into smug. I laughed because I had uh, Michael help me with a couple of these posts. And the very first one that he put on here is a post from himself. So, (laughs) well, did you notice? And this is just dog pile because it's fun because I love Michael so much. And he is so not this guy, but he just started including his picture on the marketing emails that we do now. Because that's the thing. It puts you, makes it more personal, right? So I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that. But yeah, now he picked his own post. Yeah. No, I laughed so hard. (laughs) Um, His post was just reminding everyone, all of our, our current users, just make sure that you do. You are aware that in the app itself, when I say the app, I mean the desktop, 
you can easily contact us. There's actually a little field right there that sends us an email ticket. You can use the chat bubble right there. How do they get to that? So there's the little user dropdown, upper right-hand corner. Just click that guy, and there's a contact us button. Boom, hit that, and there's the form to fill out. And if you've uh, uh, filled out your employee record and you've put your picture there, then it's your own picture in the upper right-hand corner. Gives you that little menu, so... And what's the menu option again in that drop down? Yeah, contact us. Contact us. Pops up a form, allows you to go la 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 la, la or la 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 la, and go pew, send exactly. that to us. And or it just wanted, shows up as a ticket. If you want even faster support, we do have the uh, chat option there as well. Yeah, the chat bubble. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's not the only way to get support though, right? So we don't force that chat bubble, that blue chat bubble on you. It's not a like, that's the way you have to cut. No, we have phones. We have emails, so we're very open that way. Yeah, if you guys want to hear a Pinky's lovely voice, just, just give us a call. That's right. They love Pinky. They do. Let's see. Next one comes from Adrienne. You had a lovely kind of conversation with her that I thought it would just be kind of nice to just kind of explain, I guess, to the general audience, talking about offline support for the mobile app Um and how they're in a rural area, and mm-hmm. they just don't always have service area for for their techs. Yeah, I get it. And so, well, and that's a massive problem across all CRM, right? You're going to be hard pressed to find an app that has what you call or what I call offline mode, right? What we call as technologists. And so, what that really, the complexity there is is um, you have. Hmm. I don't know. Um, database, right? This is the place where all you store all your information, um, and we control that service monster, right? We control that information for you. We make it sure it's secure. We do of our backups. It's super tight. Like none of you know. We only use it to support. We recognize that it's your data, but just like a bank, we're going to put it in a vault. We're going to keep it nice and secure. We're going to make sure only you can access it, and those that you allow access can access it. Okay. So that database uh, is one database and you get, whether it's your app or your five or your service monster six, um, whatever you're communicating with, whatever product you're communicating with, it's all talking to that one database. When you're in offline mode, now what you're saying is I need another database. And by strict definition of the word database, when you have two databases, you don't got one. (laughs) And it's not just that you don't got one, you got two, you don't have any. Um, because a database is a central repository and storage for your business data. Um, and so that makes it really hard. So when you're offline mode and you're in the Galapagos with the alligators and you're, you know, cleaning that shag carpet on the, you can only get there through the windfoil boats, right? Um, yeah, if, you, if we gave you offline mode, what that would mean is you could do everything except for communicate with the outside world, which means you couldn't run credit cards. Right. So just FYI, um, you could put in information so that hopefully when you get back to a place where you could connect, it takes all that information and sync it, syncs it back with headquarters and home command. If you're the only person using the database, far less risky when you have an office and there's other people and other technicians. Now you can run in some real issues, synchronicity, last update wins, um, does records exist anymore? Like you can run into some really tricky use cases and we have to code for them all. 
Um, and so that makes it very difficult. I have a methodology that we are going to use that our framework permits because I designed the framework um, and we'll be able to feather stuff back in later. It's just a big lift, requires a bunch of engineering resources and it's a, you know, it's a fraction of the priorities that we've got right now. So we're not developing offline mode, but what we did do is in the new app made sure that when we can move to offline mode, the app itself won't be the limiting factor which it's not, it's the tech now. So we can actually go into an offline mode and not communicate with servers in the Apple function. We just have no way to sync that back up to the server right now. Right. Um, and so, and it can also grab a chunk of information and use that throughout its day. Our first optimization pass was to clean up the queries related to the database on the phone because we were pulling huge amounts of data. And so some of those queries were kind of chugging. And Brian was able to clean them up, make them smooth, even with large amounts of data. So that's great. And now that we're doing almost no data, because now you, you know, using your connection, now it should be snappy. Once you get 1.1.12, uh, you should be cruising. So, but yeah, offline mode is in the architecture. It's in the pipeline. It's not a near-term project uh, because it's vastly complex and only a small percentage of users are really gunning for it, as also evidenced by every other CRM who's not currently building this in. Now, I would say we have an advantage. Um, again, CEO architect, that helps. I understand the stuff. And so we made sure we built that into the tech that we were moving forward with. So it won't be like a re-effort, right, on the on the UI side. Um, but I still, I got to prioritize stuff right. based off resources. Perfect. Yep. It's a perfect call. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the next one, uh, well, it does seem like a little like patting ourselves on the back, I guess, but really just to kind of make sure everyone was aware, the last update, which you guys talked about on the last podcast, um, brought back the sort of smaller sizes for the cell height. So if you were someone who had limited screen space yep. or if you just really like to have your whole day just right there, you're not really worried about, you know, small details. time increments or yep. details, then you can see it all right there. Yeah. So, yeah. And we got thumbs up for that one. So yeah. that's good. And there's some of those options are just right there on the schedule itself. They're not hidden in the options settings now. Right. So you can literally right. just toggle between them based on your needs. That's great. Yeah, you guys should be exploring that stuff on a regular basis anyways, especially if you live on the schedule, like in between phone calls every once in a while, go exploring the options, go exploring the settings. Right. There's nothing you can't do too much damage. You're not going to mess up jobs or anything. It's just right. the view. Uh, so make yourself familiar since it's where you live most of the time and we're trying to keep you there more. Exactly. All right. So this next one was from from Dan, um, frequent commenter on the mobile app. The month the month shifted over. And his dashboard when he first logged into his mobile app was empty. <laughs> a little bit of a panic ah! there. So this happens uh, to me on the first of every month too. <laughs> right. uh, month to date reports they uh, they they fall back to zero. Exactly. So don't be alarmed by that. It just means you got to start over, get to work. Exactly. Time to hustle again. The purpose of that report is that whole <laughs> month to date. That's right. So. Um, you know we've got some stuff coming out which are um, you know give you different ranges like month to date, 30 day, 90 day, but I'll keep that a secret for now. It's stuff <laughs> yeah. that I'm working on in my office privately at the moment. Right. In your Shh. lab. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my lab coat though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a lab coat in a while. 
Uh, let's see. The next one was from Mary Lynn, um, another frequent commenter. Um, I will probably always highlight posts like this because it's one of my favorite things in Smug, asking for other users kind of on what they use to kind of share information, just kind of snap messaging apps and things like that Love it. out in the field. Um, and she, didn't she post that at like 11 that was, or 12 a.m.? No, this was the one that was a little bit earlier. Okay. This wasn't the 1 a.m. post, <laughs> but uh, um, she, she had a few responses. Like uh, if you use Ring Central, they have Glip. Um, and yep. Slack is another big one, I think. Yep. Mattermost, so, the one we use. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for messaging apps, like, you know, there's lots of them out there. Yep. But it's really just like the, you know, the collaboration. It's one of the best parts of Smug. The last one um, came in actually this morning um, talking about a very specific television ad. I should add that it was from Eric. Um, that he wants to make sure he wants to track the impact of that without damaging the lead source information or data on, a, on the account level. So he just wants to track this one particular thing for his repeat clients and something that I think you got a little bit of a kick out of because it's one of the things you guys implemented very yeah, early on. Yeah, and I'm confused. So yeah, I asked I asked to throw this on this one. So um, Eric Sharp guy, right? Yep. I mean, you know, he's been smoky, gives us great feedback. Um, and so I was confused that he didn't already know about this feature that suggests something broken on our end. Right. <clears throat> And so he asked, hey, I need to track lead source on the order because I've already tracked it on the account and that should stay forever. Right. I'm like, I'm talking to myself from like 12 years ago, 13 years ago, because mm -hmm. I used to have this conversation in the walkthroughs and the sales. That's what was it almost 16 years ago now, 2003, 2004. I'm like, we got to have lead source on both the account and the order because you track how you get the client with the account lead source and you track how they come back on subsequent work orders. Typically, the first work order will have the same lead source as the account lead source. Makes sense. Unless they come in and then go away and then come back, right. in which case their first order could be different. So you got to watch for that. But this is the best way to track lead source and repeat so that you can run reports to figure out which products are coming or which clients are coming through via the customer acquisition pipelines and which marketing campaigns are bringing clients back to you through repeat. So because I'm such a repeat guy talking about repeat rate all the time, I think it's imperative that you separate these two. We're one of the only companies, as far as I know, the only company that really does this. Um, and it used to, it, it makes me unhappy when I used to see data imports coming in and 20, 30, 40% of their database, the re, the uh, lead source said repeat. Yep. Ah, and they're still doing it, right? Account referral. Yeah, it's like, okay, they updated it, which blows away the original source of how you got the client. So you're destroying data. Now that if you go back and run reports, you're not going to see the same data as you ran when you obtained the client. So not only are you destroying data, but now you're obfuscating. Now you're making it unclear what the actual lead source should be. And so it's um, it's not good. It's not a good business practice, and it just kills me. So in Service Monster, guys, listen, track your client acquisition from the lead source on the account. And once it's set, it's a fact forever. Don't change it. Once you've created orders for them, the lead source there is where you want to update. Now, Eric was having problems finding it, and it wasn't really in his attention. 
So this is another one of those we're too clever for our own good sometimes. If you are unclear of how the order works and sidecar related to the order, here's a very quick lesson. There's four major areas in the order that will trigger a different view in the sidecar. If you click on order details in the sidecar, you'll get all of the editable order details. If you click on the site panel, you will get site information, including service items. We had a question on, on Smug from a five to six user saying, hey, where's my service items? Right. Um, everywhere and right in front of your face and super deep, dumb, easy to use compared to five. And I'm sure once they saw it, they were like, oh, but it wasn't necessarily natural, right? And then if you click on the account section, I guess that's on the left-hand side. If you click on the account section, the sidecar will load out with account information. That's great because then you won't have to jump to the account to make updates on their phone number or that kind of stuff. And if you click on the line item, the side panel will load out with line item information. Awesome. So on the account, or sorry, on the order details, clicking on that brings up the order details in the order details in the middle some there in the sea of fields, there's a lead source field. And if you have that required in your company settings, it won't let you save it unless you save it, right? Unless you update it. Yep, correct. Um, and so, and that's also in the quick ad. So if you're creating an order through the quick ad, you have to set the lead source field, which is confusing as hell to a lot of people who maybe want to just have account lead source as a required field. But anyways, that's a whole other show. So that's the long and the short of it. Yes, we have it. Yes, we've thought about it for a long time. I'm surprised he didn't see it. So I'm wondering what's going on there. How did we miss that? Um, are we being too clever for ourselves? How do we emphasize that a little bit more? And then, yeah, we have tons of dashboards and all kinds of stuff that will report on it and show you what the results of your client retention and customer acquisition uh, marketing campaigns look like. Yep. And that way you can make sure you're maximizing your marketing expenditures. Like I got stuff right now. Usually we pay 30, 20. When I'm running a super hot Facebook campaign that I know it's just really good and everybody's really geeked about it. On its own, we may be able to get it to 25 bucks a lead. Um, and that's knowing that it's being lofted and supported by all the other content that we generate, right? Nothing stands alone. Um, so 25 bucks. Usually, if you take all things considered, we're about 45, 50 bucks for lead acquisition. I got one going right now, and I won't talk about it, but it's 60 cents a lead. And I like double that budget now and let's run for a week and make sure the results are producible. And then I will literally take a vacuum to our entire marketing budget and move every dollar over to there if it's producing 60 cents a lead, qualified leads that are, you know, converting. Absolutely. And so, uh, but how would I know that? Off of a feeling, I, I have to have the data. And the data comes with the tracking, and the tracking has to be done correctly in order for you to understand what's going on. That's why having a CRM is important. That's why having a CRM is important. Or being able to wield data magic like I do. Right. Yeah. Both will work. <laughs> but uh, one's harder than the other. And uh, and you need the rest of the company to support you. So giving them access to that stuff, too, is highly important. Exactly. Um, so it keeps everybody in the game uh, and keeps them targeted on goals. So I can be grumpy at 50% reduction in sales, but ecstatic about a 78% increase in lead acquisition. And then go, there's a delayed result there, right? <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, but um, it's pretty cool. But you got to track it in order to see it. Yep. So, I think, 
Go ahead. The only thing I would add to that is when you're on the order screen, the, one of the identifiers I always mention, wherever that side panel is open, like what screen it's actually showing you, it's going to be highlighted in orange. That's right. If you're on the line item, if you're on the site, whatever it is, it's highlighted in orange. Now, careful. We're going to we're gonna open up themes here in a minute. You're right. You're right. I'll so just say it's highlighted. It's, highlight, it's selected. Yeah. You, it's obviously selected Correct. by some ugly-ass color and contrast to the theme. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not ugly maybe it's beautiful right you know orange is the first color we see really yeah i'm wondering if why most people find it you know meh meh i mean i like it but it's you know i we, always wonder careful about what kind of orange which came first the fruit or the name yeah like they see the fruit Very deep. and they're like I like that color. I don't you see just it everywhere. Like forty or fifty of those together, and on a fifteen-minute comedy skit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, guys, I'm out. I yeah, found my calling. That's right. Uh, uh, before we move on to, are we going to be moving yeah, on to the big yeah. topic now? Um, Michael had something that um, we should probably chat about. Sure. And that is the Service Monster Partnership Program. Oh yes. We're be starting. So um, I know he jotted down a couple names of people that he knows are vocal in representing Service Monster, kind of brand ambassadors for us, which we always love and appreciate. Um, and so he's going to be reaching out to a handful of people, but don't be shy. Contact us, right? You can go to marketing at servicemonster.net. You can send an email there um, and then connect with Michael. And we're going to be creating individual pages for Service Monster Partners. And all a partnership really is, is kind of you're an ambassador, you know, you're a super uh, client that you love us and you talk about us. Um, and of course, you know that if you refer people through the form, you get a month free if they sign up. But we want to make that easier on you and the person you're referring. And so what we're doing is we'll create a page for the Service Monster Partner. And then that page will have a little bio and a link back to their carpet cleaning page. So that'll be a really good boost for them with backlinking, which helps your search engine optimization and will help Google recognize you as a prominent cleaner in your geographic area who's tied to an international cleaning brand because they recognize us as cleaning, carpet cleaning, window cleaning, pressure washing, right? So those backlinks are very uh, favorable. And then a trial request form at the bottom with a testimonial of the Service Monster Partner. And that anyone who fills out that trial request, the partner will get credit for the sale, which is pretty cool. So now they don't have to go into Service Monster, jot down information or take a business card or remember to do it. They can just be like, yo, here's a link, bang. It's like, oh, you're interested in Service Monster? Cool. Here's a link. Boom. They got a trial. Go check that out. Yeah. And if they sign up via that trial and then that trial converts, then you'll get credit. So Service Monster Partnership. Look for that. Send an email to marketing at servicemonster.net if you'd like to participate. Could mean free Service Monster for you and or an easy way for you to refer us, which again helps make us stronger to build a better product for you. Yeah. Very well said. Cool. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just thanks as always to our smug users. We'll just kind of segue into, for the deep dive, you know, winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. It's cold outside. You don't know cold. Winter is coming for him. It's either me or this cold, and it doesn't appear to be going anywhere. And winter is coming. 
winter's coming. Mm-hmm. Or not, not, not talking about the lackluster final season of Game of Thrones, but yeah. uh, <laughs> prepping for the slower months. So um, you already mentioned it at the start there, kind of interior versus exterior are going to have some different kind of hurdles that they have to cross. Yeah. And also it's going to be, you know, geographical. You know, if you're in a warmer client, you know, the winter isn't going to be quite as, you know, detrimental to you as if you're in, Or you your know, equipment. Or your equipment. Right. Stuff yeah. freezing and yeah. vacuum lines exactly. and hoses. And if you're in the New England area or something like that during winter, you're not doing a lot of pressure washing in the middle of January. Yeah. So, um, Freeze kind of, before it hits this third story. Right. <laughs> it probably look pretty cool after the fact, all the yeah, icicles right. everywhere. But um, so let's let's kind of start with inside because um, it's things that we've we've definitely had discussions on in the past, and you know we started with carpet cleaning. So there's yeah, carpet cleaning, maid services, and so forth. Exactly. Um, maid services in theory are insulated from the ebbs and flows, but in the reality, it's not what happens and. So what I hear on the bulletin boards a lot is, oh, my clients are leaving in clusters, right? It's not just one random one. You know, I may have 10, 12 clients I serve, but, you know, I got three in one day. Holy crap. It's like 20%, 25% of my take, my monthly take. So that's, um, that's nerve wracking. And of course, uh, you're going to have that higher come the holidays. People are pinching pennies. They know they're going to go be going on credit cards. Can they afford the luxury of a regular cleaning, someone coming in and taking care of stuff in their home? Uh, so, you know, being a value cleaner, catering to a value market, when they have to pinch pennies, then, you know, you're going to be the first one to get cut and seen as a luxury. They'll do that before they do their cell phone bill, before they do their TV, because they'll just be like, shit, it just means I got to scrub toilets now, right? Um, carpet cleaning is a little bit different. People will do a rush before the holidays because they want to impress their mother-in-law. Right. Um, and so they'll bring in cleaners. But man, once that tree goes up, which is usually the week of Thanksgiving or the week after Thanksgiving, whoop. <laughs> things dry up fast. I mean, you can go from fairly booked in November to jack crap in the first of December or the middle of December. And again, you know, your experience may vary depending on where you're at in the country. Um, so this is a generalization over the entire U.S. based off the graphs and charts that I'm looking at, right? right. Again, 500 million in 2018 or 2018 gives us a lot of data to play with. So we can see these trends really clearly. Um, so yeah, and then things are pretty tough overall for all of it until the weather breaks, right? Um, cause then people are like, well, the dog's going to be in and out and it's not going to get any better. They have a lot of visitors. Right. Yeah, so. And then, and then occasionally you'll have an extended winter, like the polar vortex go, totally comes into play, especially in the northern side, northwestern side of the country. And and then you end up with, you know, a whole month later. And so you're dog paddling, right? So you have cash flow problems. You've got more time than you know what to do with. Uh, and that, man, that could, that could be your own worst enemy. Um, you don't know how to drum up business, especially when the economy, from your point of view, is retracting from your services. How do you how do you supplement your income? Um, and then how do you keep yourself in a positive state of mind, even assuming that you can weather the storm? 
That's what that means. Literally what it means. <laughs> like weathering the weather through your business until you can pick up your business again. And so how do you pay employees during this period of time? How do you, I mean, the struggle is real. Like, and especially if you weren't really expecting it or you don't expect, you know, you're doing well, you're growing your business. And then, you know, maybe you skate past it because you're new in the first year and then the second year you're really doing well and then it just hits you in the face and it could be demoralizing that is an ego crusher real quick um so yeah so what can we do what can we do to prep ourselves for it what can we do when we're in the midst of it as we are about to be how can we supplement our income um, and how can we make our businesses better coming out of the other side ready to go when spring springs right yeah so let's kind of start with, I just kind of broke it down into some different areas. Um, and we'll start with kind of the admin or sort of like the education, because you brought up time is one of the first things, time that you're going to have. Um, so if this is a slower period, you know, maybe it is time to take some look at some of your business practice. Maybe there's, uh, you know, re-educate yourself on, on some things. Maybe there's a certification you want to get. Um, you know, maybe you've been watching all this stuff on carpet dyeing. Like, you know, I, I could probably learn how to do that and it would help in this scenario. Yep. Um, or, you know, just maybe you're using paper still. <laughs> and, you know, you want to start to go mobile. Digital. Or, or digital, yeah. yeah. And you, you want to They don't have look. paper where I live. <laughs> really? Yeah, you know where I live? Yeah. Nine, 2019. <laughs> That's where I live, Karen. 2019. Paper company in a paperless world. Right <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of these. I mean, you, the data is there. You know, a huge percentage of the service industry is still using paper invoicing. 70%. Yeah. There's still so much room. Yeah. So much room. So, just kind of, I guess, from a business owner's standpoint, like just kind of go through some of that, like what you would take if you had the time to like really devote on the admin side. Cause remember, it's not just you being on the truck, it's right. you being the business owner. Totally. And understanding, you know, how you're going to be positioning yourself, your culture, employees, like all that stuff. And if you wait just to the last minute or when the problem is there at your doorstep to then solve it, which most entrepreneurs can do, right? We're High, highly stress tolerant most of the time um, and and we can adapt quickly like two characteristics which you kind of need in order to make this thing work um, but that could be its own detriment too you may not be getting the best result um, you may have to if you're paying attention and you're you know excited about failing like I am you may have to get punched in the mouth a handful of times before you get it right right uh, you might piss off some people in the process I mean there's all kinds of things that are going to happen but if you can set yourself up ahead of time then all the better and if you have time because you're not doing work then don't go ice fishing don't go to Bob's Brewery and hang out and drink freaking beer all day long. Work on your business. So you still owe that business 40 to 60 hours a week, even if you're not slinging the wand or a mop or whatever. Okay, so that's just A, right? Don't skip your business just because you feel bad about not doing work or getting doing work that you're getting paid for because the work that you're going to be doing that you're not getting paid for is more important for the dollars tomorrow than it is for the dollars today and if all you do is focus on the dollars today all you will ever have is dollars today 
Okay. Now, let's make it easy on you. Let's make sure you're carving out regular time throughout the week. That's your time. You're just not, you're just booked. Just consider it booked, right? Some people, I I have this one in place. She won't do it. And I just don't want to ask her and I don't want to. Are you running a business or are you appeasing every one of your clients who aren't paying you enough to really build a business? I get customers are important and it's customer service. But don't do it at the detriment of your business. Otherwise, you won't have one. All right. So carve out some time. Maybe it's the first part of the day, Monday through Friday. Maybe it's you're scheduled Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you have off Thursday and Friday. Whatever it is, try to block things together so that you can be in the office, in an office environment at least, um, for good four hours at a time. So that would be my first piece of advice. Make sure you take it seriously. It can't be something like you pop in for an hour and then you go out and do stuff and you come back in for half an hour and you go out and do stuff. That's not how this stuff works. Um, I would also suggest having a whiteboard, a big whiteboard. Uh, Don't get color. Color is hard to erase. Just stick with black. Um, But it's just a creative way to throw things up and think things out and erase things and, you know, drawing lines and graphs and process flows and figuring stuff out as you're exploring all of the questions that you're going to be asking yourself during this process. Then I would probably say you've got to look at this in one of two ways. What are you weak at and when can you sub that out? And if the answer is not at all, then you probably should brush up your weakest skills first. Oh, I suck at accounting. Guess what, genius? Go find an online accounting course. Right. You're going to go understand this shit. Right um, now, if you're like, nah, I got a partner, my pessimistic accountant, like that's my Eric, right? That's <laughs> it's true. It's true. It keeps, you know, visionaries need a pessimist. Justin's heard me talk about the pessimistic accountant. It's an archetype. Um, but yes, Eric fits them all. Like, um, yes. So if you have that person, awesome, offload that stuff and you never have to go to an accounting class. Cool. And in that case, then I would focus on grow, things that grow the business. So it's not a what you suck at and what you're good at, because what you're good at, that's fine. You're going to naturally continue to get good at that. What you need to work on is things that will either improve the business or grow the business. So the things that you're bad at, sub out or improve. And then the things that grow the business is what you want to focus on. Are you a good enough marketer? I don't know. Do you have a $10 million cleaning company? No? Then you're not a good enough marketer. Get better. Are you a good enough salesperson? Do you close 85%? You you don't want 15%. Fine. Do you close 85% of your deals? No, only close. Okay, you're not a good enough salesperson. Get better. Uh, do you hire only the rock stars and they stay around forever and they only leave when they go off to start their own businesses or whatever? No. Okay, then be a better leader. There's tons of room there. So you're looking for room of improvement that you can focus on to then grow your business or make your business better in that light. And of course, sales and marketing are going to be your first go-to if you're looking for growth. And then in that arena, what do you do? You've got to look for clearing the fog of war. So in any education process, you don't know what you don't know. You're standing in a dark, empty, huge room, right? And if you have a flashlight and you run across a bulletin board, and it sums everything up for you very nicely. You understand a bulletin board's worth of data, but you feel like you know it all. 
that's the most dangerous place to be because you still don't know what the hell you don't know. Then if you go deeper, you realize, oh, wow, there are like whole levels and floors to this topic. I can fill an entire library with books on nothing but the subject water from a mathematical point of view, from a quantum point of view, from an artistic point of view. It is that complex of a topic, right? So everything's that way. And once you start digging into it, you start to realize you don't know what you don't know. Okay, now, then you should be afraid because you could go in the wrong damn direction down a rabbit hole that ultimately doesn't lead you to a great place. And so this is where coaches, books, and classrooms come into play. They have a roadmap that's been safely architected to encompass the learning of the topic or task. So when you're self-learning, which many entrepreneurs are self-learning, they didn't do great in the classroom or whatever, right? Um, We kind of fumble around. When we stumble upon the map that works for us, that's great. So you can clear that fog of war quickly if all you're doing is trying to build your, your map. So instead of deep diving, build your overall map and then start to navigate. Okay, how am I gonna attack this? And so marketing, you might not know anything about social marketing. Okay, it's a dark hole for you. Okay, go find social media marketing masters. Go follow Gary Vaynerchuk. Follow us. Follow like people who do content on a regular basis close to the industry that you're targeting. Um, even if we, it's, it's um, curated content like we what we do on Instagram. That will help establish what you need to do in order to then garner attention and capture leads, ultimately achieving the grow of, uh, goal of growth. So education, self-education. If you have cash, great. If not, make sure one of the things you focus on during this slow season is a plan which will get you cash next time you're in this chair next year because you will be there next year. So have a plan. And your plan should not be exclusively, I'll add another service so I won't be slow during that period of time. Sounds awesome on paper. In practice, what you're doing is starting a whole other business. Okay, window cleaners and pressure washers do this. They have an interesting niche in the uh, Christmas lights department because they got the ladders. Super easy to do this stuff, and you can get pretty creative with it. It's fun, Uh, and you can hook up and and thereby charge different rates for doing things that you know thump with the theme music and all that kind of stuff. So, very cool, very natural, and certainly, but it's transient, right? Who's going to put Christmas lights up the day after Christmas? Nobody. Now, they might pay you to take them down. (laughs) Like there is that market, but it certainly won't be the day after Christmas and it won't be a large portion of the clients. It'll be some portion of the clients. So um, there's always ways to help supplement, right? But, you know, it's like I've I've got a blower in my truck. Well, that means when the water pipes break and everybody's complaining about floods, I can go jump in. Well, you don't have DHUs and air movers. You don't understand how to work with insurance claims. That gets complicated really fast. Like, yeah, you can put those machines to work, but that doesn't mean you're going to be making money, especially the first time you do it. So spend this time coming up with a plan, architecting something out, and then working on it all year. Right? Supplemental income is fine. Saved income's better. 
It means grow your business and control your expenses and make sure you've got three months of expenses locked away. And then that way, I don't have to let employees go. I don't have to worry about if whether or not I'm going to pay them first or me first, right? Answer them first, duh, unless you're going to let them go. Um, but yeah, I, that just came up on one of the bulletin boards as well. It's like, oh, I don't have that much money. Who do I pay? Uh, employees, start with that. And if you don't have enough money for after that, then th- that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <clears throat> Especially back pay. You don't mess with that stuff, man. That's people's livelihood. We're the ones taking the risk, right? It's our responsibility, not yours. So, um, yeah. And then books, audio books or reading books. Ask your friends uh, who are in service businesses. Um, I've got a video on the ask that gives you the 10 uh, best books for the service businesses. That was well received. Um, the E-Myth is one. I love Sons It's the Art of War from Good to Great by Gerber. That's, you know, those are a handful of really good books. Um, yeah, so self-education, books, um, actual education. Like you might want to go to your junior college and take a couple night courses again on that accounting thing. That's what I, I you know, Eric wasn't an accountant. He's just smart and good with numbers and um, he still to this day balances his checkbook, which fascinates me because I've never, ever balanced my checkbook. <laughs> I wouldn't know if I had a handful of petty cash missing. I just wouldn't know it. He knows if there are cents missing. And he knew back when he was a kid and he knows today. I'm like, that's easy. You go play with the numbers and take some college courses on being an accountant. And I'd put him up against any bookkeeper <laughs> any day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so no, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to keep your business moving forward. And the best way to feed it is feeding your knowledge base. If you've got employees, then you can have, if you're paying them for, for the work, you can have them do things, right? I mean, obvious go-tos are cleaning the truck and the, the shop and that kind of stuff, but it could be education too. It could be listening to you pontificate for an hour about, um, a new employee program that you want to implement instead of the review process, you do catalytic coaching, right? Um, You stir things up a little bit during the slow season. You make things fun and challenging. You change it up. You work on emergency procedures. You test stored procedures. You go to work, even if you don't have work to go to. So that's where I'd be uh, in, 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 trying to make sure that you were had enough awareness from your last experience to make sure this time around you're in a much better spot. That doesn't mean you're perfect, right? Especially that polar vortex hits and it's like, oh, it was good till March 15th. Now what am I going to do? And that panic is real and I get it. Um, I, you know, and in that case, you just hopefully had enough uh, or you have to make the tough calls. Uh, in order to push through and wait for that business to pick back up. But it's tough, man. I think there's there's just one thing that I would mention that you're really good at um, on the employee side. And this is just kind of like a management thing overall, is that sometimes what makes you the best manager is kind of digging into the person and finding out like what drives them. Because it's, if you want a person to be, be passionate and things like that at work, you want them to be skills that they – have naturally or that they strive to totally and so maybe you've got someone on the truck who's a little bit of an artist maybe you didn't realize that 
you know, utilize that as far as some of your designing for, for marketing. You might, they might have skills that you don't realize that you can kind of harness and grow them as a person and you as, 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 as a business. Totally. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked about that a handful of times, you know, we have a number of examples around the company. I mean, even you, right. Um, you were slipping pizzas, but you kept a freaking Excel spreadsheet on your routes. I'm like, I need that dude. <laughs> He, he likes data and he likes to analyze things and he likes to figure things out from the inside out. Uh, and so, and you've been amazing. So it's just so good. <laughs> so yes, get to know your employees, like take them out to lunch and, you know, um, especially small shops. And, you know, if there's only like three or four of you, there's no reason why you shouldn't know what their aspirations and goals are, what their passions are at home. And then if you think like I do, you learn how to leverage those passions in order to make the business better. <laughs> and I'm not shy about that shit. Um, but usually people are pretty excited when we're so upfront about it. It's like, well, that makes sense. And yes, please have some more. Right. So yeah, no, that's good. Uh, yeah. What, what else can we, what other little nuggets so can we give? So the other little nugget that I had listed here um, that is just kind of really just about evening out cash flow a little bit so it's not so Uh and that's the uh, commercial side getting not just the commercial side but any reoccurring revenue and contract exactly contracts will help make your business not only more stabilized in terms of income uh, it also makes you worth more any valuation you do on your business is going to be worth more if you have accounts receivables already lined up and coming in So um, Service Monster has a great feature for this called contracts. Whether you are commercial or residential, you can sign up your clients for reoccurring payments and reoccurring work. But yes, ultimately, commercial work is a great way to mitigate this overall because you only need a few commercial clients in order to keep the pipelines full and you do those guys on a regular basis. Again, this is going to be janitorial or commercial maid service type cleaning services. Carpet cleaning is less on the regular, but you can do quarterly if you throw encapsulation with a yearly uh, suck out, right? So um, there's a handful of ways you can structure this. Commercial accounts are already set up for more regular reoccurring revenue, and um, residential clients are ready for it, especially in larger areas. The millennials are, I think they're they're ready to buy the stuff at scale. Boomers, you had to convince them crap out of man they just were not buying generation after gen and there's not enough gen x to put a blip on the map right there's just not enough of us to go around but now millennials are like what monthly service a small monthly service for a regular thing that i don't have to think about sign me up (laughs) like you can almost plug any business into that metric regular small recurring payments to take care of a service that the person doesn't need to think about done there you go million dollar idea however you want to apply it whether it's lawn care whether it's house cleaning whether it's carpet cleaning whether it's roof cleaning gutter cleaning like anything yeah. anything they're ready and service monster will support you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think everything else there you, you kind of touched on i'll maybe expand slightly on just kind of the saving side of things just because well, probably not to the same level that Eric was. I definitely, you know, I went to school for finance and things like that. And so Americans especially are absolutely horrible at just finances and saving and making sure that that's prepped. So if you yourself find yourself that you're not able to do that very well, 
then you need to basically say this this chunk of money, this revenue that I have at some point, you essentially need to hide it from yourself. Protect yourself from yourself. Yeah. And, you know, this is not being touched because I need this to weather the storm. You also need to go get yourself some Dave Ramsey. Yep. <laughs> go listen to him over the slow season, buy some of his books. Uh, because uh, he'll help you manage money and, and make smarter business decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch on was you, you already mentioned it as far as the uh, Christmas lights. If you do have the equipment to have it, um, definitely be aware that it's not something you just dip your toes in. You know, it is, you know, there's safety risks involved. You're on icy roofs and things like that. Yeah, know. let's not get hurt, guys. Yeah. So there is kind of that side. Um, Make sure you have that kind of like the L and I and all that set up. The other thing, though, is that as we've been talking about FMS, I'm I'm pretty sure I I meant to grab the data, but I'm pretty sure every single one of our Christmas light users uses FMS at some point, and they just blast um, right around this time. Oh yeah, to kind of prep them. Dude, we should have Mark whip up a Christmas light special card. Yeah, absolutely. He can probably do it fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Like all of the sales when, when they come in, if that's what their interest is in, is in Christmas lights. Yeah. The first thing they ask me about is, is filming schedule. Of course. Yeah. All right. Well, then if you're listening to that and you're uh, thinking, yeah, I'm going to do Christmas lights because you've done it before, and whether you're on Service Monster or not, then you need to get on Service Monster before you can do this. Uh, but uh, you better hit us up quick. Yeah. Because uh, you guys want those well before. It's time to start hanging. Uh, no, it's time to start doing it now, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'll get a couple clients now, but the big push is going to be after Thanksgiving, right? As soon as that that turkey is, you're like, oh, turkey. Like, oh, man, Christmas isn't just a – man, I better go call those. Well, it's one of those – go put the lights up. I ain't doing it. it I'm going to call somebody to do it. It's just such a high-demand item. Everyone wants their Christmas lights hung on exactly November 25th. That's right. And so if you're not first in line, that's right. then it's more like December 10th. You know what I mean? So it's like yep. that's why they got to hit them early is – Yeah. So make sure that we know that you want to – because those are not going to go out the same time we have our Christmas ones go exactly. out. So uh, make sure you let Annette and the team know. That, uh, hey, this is hot. I need to get these out so I can drum up some Christmas light business. And then uh, we'll we'll have Mark whip up something next week. Don't let that slip through the cracks. No, I, I'm on it. Cool. I'll type it right here. Um, I think that's that's really it. Like you said, um, right at the start there, the exterior is always going to be a little bit scarier because, you know, if you are in those higher range areas. But supplemental income, I think, is really kind of the main thing So we finished there. Yep. That's all I got. Saving and supplemental income along with a plan to make your business better. Carve out some time for yourself. Educate yourself. Read some books. Open your minds. Talk to gurus. Figure out. Keep your bullshit meter up. But at the same time, like explore. Go find new things. Go play with new tools. All right. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much. And you can find us on all of your Uh, social media platforms, YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram. And until next time, be safe.